Welcome to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast, brought to you by Flowpath. I'm your host, Griffin Hamilton. This is the show where I interview industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights into modern day facilities management. From hospitality to commercial real estate and everything in between, we'll learn what it really takes to succeed as a facilities manager. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast. This morning, I have the pleasure of having Hunter Sheehan join. Hunter, how are you doing this morning? Hey, Griffin. I'm doing awesome. Thank you for having me. Of course. And I know you're right here in Atlanta, and you just got a quick tour of our offices uh, here in Buckhead. Um, and and it's, it's a great opportunity for me to actually meet in person people that I have on the show. That doesn't have, happen often, and I appreciate you. You're stopping by here today, but um, before we jump into the, the podcast today and talking about what you're doing, why don't you give the audience a little context on who you are and what exactly you do for a living? Yeah, no, thank you. It was awesome to get a awesome to get a tour. We're neighbors, and I, I didn't even know it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so thanks for the introduction. My name is Hunter Sheehan. Um, I have been in the AEC industry for my entire career. Um, I've been working for about eight years. Um, and I, you know, went to school for interior design and building science, which is kind of a pre-architecture program, um, at Appalachian. And, um, I, I worked for an architect for a little bit and it was a residential architecture firm. Um, did that for a while and decided I was ready for a change and that I, I like to get my hands dirty and, and being in the field. Um, and so Turner Construction, um, which is a, a huge name in the industry, was interviewing um, and recruiting up at Appalachian. And that is how I got connected to the company I work for and have worked for ever since. Um, so uh, currently I am in business development for Turner out of the Atlanta office, just part of our southeastern region. Um, we have, I think, 46 offices now across the country, as well as an international presence um, and in the Atlanta region, our, our core market segments are um, higher education, so colleges and universities, buildings of all types, everything from dorms to stadiums, right? Um, healthcare, aviation, um, data centers, so anything mission critical, um, <clears throat> commercial mixed use. We don't really play in the stick built field um, usually, uh, but we do a lot of commercial mixed use buildings. Um, and there are several others, right? So we do some pharma manufacturing work. Um, you know, there's a special projects division that I work with closely that handles really small sort of complicated projects for our core clients. Um, and, you know, they're a fantastic asset to a massive company, right? So sometimes we get the reputation for doing just really big ground up builds. Um, but we also specialize in renovations of ongoing and active facilities on active campuses, um, and also small projects, right? So there really is no job too big or small. Um, and it's my job to connect our sophisticated teams of builders with um, the right clients, right? With good clients whose, whose mission aligns with ours. Um, and I consider myself an ally for those clients once we decide we're right for each other to make sure we're serving them uh, exactly how they need to be served. Um, so for a while at Turner, when I started my career here, I was um, working on job sites in the field from, you know, a field engineer to superintendent, right? So my 
my focus was steel, concrete, um, precast in, in data centers, right? So that's really my background. Um, and, I, and when we transitioned to kind of talking a little bit more about um, our conversation, more than just my background, I'll share kind of the differences of certain market segments, right? I mean, data centers are a unique beast. Um, <laughs> but um, I transitioned from being in the field and um, moves to lean construction, right? So capturing efficiencies, um, sharing best practices, eliminating waste in our process, um, and, and now business development. So it's been a it's been a fantastic path, and it's led me to talking to you today. So what? Could yeah, you well, I, I, I hope that's not the peak of your career there. <laughs> by by any means, of me talk, talking to me here, but uh, I, yeah, that that is wonderful to hear, and I, I think there's going to be a lot of folks listening that are thinking and, and listening to you uh, talking about the architect and the, the building from the ground up. And mm -hmm. uh, they may be sitting here thinking, well, what does that have to do with me and managing my facility that it's already built or it's 50 years old? And that, that whole process is out of my realm. So uh, it's an interesting perspective, uh, one that's unique to this show. We haven't had anyone on that uh, has been through that process from the ground up. So uh, I'm excited to, to get that perspective, and I, th I think it'll be enlightening for a lot of folks to really get an understanding of the beginning from inception all the way to that handoff uh, from the architects to the folks actually maintaining and managing the facilities there. So, um, like I said, I, I appreciate you coming on here and your experience here at Turner uh, with such a large organization uh, and a wide uh, background there uh, at Turner. I think we're going to have a lot of great content here today. but. Um, ju jumping into that, you, you mentioned briefly uh, builds from the ground up, and mm -hmm. I don't know if that's where you spent most of your time there, if that's really your bread and butter, but, but talk to me there from that brand new construction. Yeah, so um, absolutely. I'd say that, I, you know, they say a lot of percentages are, 50% of percentages are made up, but off the top <laughs> of my head, I think that probably half of the opportunities we work on in the Atlanta region are ground up construction opportunities. Um, and on, on top of that, those are typically higher volume projects, right? So they may have more staff, they may be a longer construction duration. Um, but I'll just kind of high level walk through the process. And this is going to be full of caveats because all jobs are different because all clients are different, um, all sites are different, um, but there is kind of one overarching process, right? So typically we get involved um, either at the, you know, a client knows they need a building and they wish to do a design build. So they'll engage a sophisticated builder such as Turner to kind of manage the entire design build process. Um, in that case, we would find an architecture partner that or design partners that fit the client's needs that the client likes or that we know are going to do an excellent job um, or some i mean ideally some combination of all those things um, we work with the client develop a program um, you know make sure that we have developed a target budget drive the program to the budget and the budget to the program um, and you know just control the whole design process from conceptual to um, construction documents right so in that case, we drive that process. Um, sometimes we bring on board key subcontractors or trade partners, as we like to call them, um, to ensure that what we're designing, they can build. Um, and a lot of times the construction process can be seen as very segmented, right? It's in an architect's hands. They drop that, pass it to a GC. It's in our hands. We drop that, pass it to a subcontractor. We manage the build, but really the 
it's in their hands, right? And then we drop it off to the client. And that's that's really not where we're most effective, right? So the method I'm describing now is a little bit, well, a lot of it more integrated. Um, so, you know, we work hand in hand with those key trade partners to make sure that they know the job is coming. They're going to be able to hit the ground running. Um, they are the experts, right? We are managers. They are the people doing the work. So um, building their knowledge into the build is a win for everybody. Um, we then procure all the subcontracts. Um, and then we begin operations, right? So we have a team that moves on site, um, is there 100% of the time, overseeing the build, managing changes, um, ensuring quality and safety in the build process. And then um, we begin the turnover process, right? So uh, the, the right way to do this, I feel comfortable saying this, is to begin with the end in mind. Um, and from the onset, understand the client's expectations for turnover. And because I'm a builder, because Turner is a builder, we get very stuck in this, like, you know, the construction of the building is it, right? This is the show. This is the game day. Okay, let's take a step back. Game day is when, you know, the surgeon steps into the operating room that we built and saves a life. Game day is when, uh, you know, a five-year-old goes into their new kindergarten class and, you know, they have a learning experience, right? So, like, you know, everybody's got to specialize in their piece of the puzzle, but um, the end use of the building is not construction. So mm -hmm. we have to start planning for handover um, from the beginning, right? And the key to that is understanding the client's expectations. What do they expect handover to be like? What documents do they need? What um, owner training do they need? What attic stock do they need? Um, and then um, make sure we transition and translate those expectations to the people doing the work, our trade partners, um, and then execute flawlessly, right? And that's so much easier said than done. I realize that. Um, but that's how it really should work. Um, you know, there are other delivery methods that are not design build where we receive a set of documents. The client already kind of has worked with an architect and knows what they want or worked with designers. Um, and then we bid the job, procure the job, show up on site, build it, manage changes, et cetera. Um, so I'd say the, the differences that we experience are in, at least in ground up construction, um, how early we get involved. And I think mm -hmm. Turner's probably always going to say, ideally, we're involved super early, right? We want to control our own destiny. Um, and we think we're pretty good at what we do. So we want to help guide the process. Um, There's so a I, reason why you guys are so big. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love to think so, right? So um, the takeaways, I think, for ground up construction are that it is a long process. It's extremely complicated. Um, the reason subcontractors and trade partners don't just build the building is because there are a lot of moving pieces. We have to control the process. Um, and close out, which I think is how we transition into your product, right, Flowpath, um, is kind of that, that first taste, um, that first kind of, I don't know, it's the first time we exchange sometimes with facilities management. And again, ideally, we're talking about this from the beginning of construction, but sometimes the facilities team is being hired, right? Or the, you know, say we have a big client, they're scrambling to get operators of this building. You know, I mean, we all know we're in kind of a labor shortage and um, it's tough, right? So the ideal situation mm -hmm. isn't always what happens, but it, I'd say it's on us to make sure those expectations are talked about, even if we have to be the ones to talk to our client and say, hey, have you even thought about this? Or have you just been so focused on getting us hired, right? Which is 
beyond understandable. Um, but again, that's what we're here for, right? To be the ally of the customer to make sure, you know, the building serves its end users, which is all that matters in the end, right? Yeah. No, I think you, in one line that you, you had began with the end in mind. Uh, I absolutely love that phrase. And that's something where my background prior to Flowpath was a vendor. Mm -hmm. And there were countless times where I was going and servicing uh, different restaurant groups where I had to go and clean out access panels that I could not access. And oh, I, uh, I know it is. <laughs> It was scary to see how many times that a, it was a fire, uh, a fire hazard if we weren't going in and properly oh. cleaning these duct systems. And it was scary how often those were inaccessible. And that's something where I think the construction, they weren't thinking of that perspective because it's a very niche service that I was offering there. Uh, but it takes a true partner to say, hey, are you thinking of X, Y, and Z? Uh, not only the aesthetics of this building and how practical it is, but the ongoing maintenance of this building and make sure this investment is lasting as long as possible. So having that partnership and that guidance from a, an organization that has been doing it for for years and has countless projects under their belt, I think that is a unique perspective to take there. And uh, again, just begin with the ending in mind is an important phrase to, to catch there. Yeah. And I mean, I, I love the way you put that. I guess I should take a step back and say there are multiple end users of a building, right? And so there's, you know, if it's if it's a higher education dorm, there's the student who's going to show up on their freshman year and, and, you know, they're the end user in their, you know, 10 by 15 foot dorm, right? But there's also facilities managers. And if the facilities management team cannot do their job because there are no access panels or because... Um, getting onto the roof to service an, uh, a unit up there is a safety hazard, right? Like if we don't think about those things, it impacts the true end user. Uh, and going back to what I said, which is really all that matters, right? I mean, it. I think Turner's reputation rests on how people feel about the building they're in, whether it's facilities managers, the the client, right? The person who's writing the checks or um, or the student, right? And the last thing we want is for the student to say, oh, my God, I love these dorms. They're beautiful. But the facilities team to say, man, I, I never want to work or I never want to work on a Turner building again because I can't access anything. They didn't think about this. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we're really balancing a lot of expectations, which is why getting started early is key, which is why I'm saying close out cannot wait till, oh, my God, OK, we're in the punch list phase. Let's talk about turning the building over. It's not going to be good. Right. And right. Um, that is not a situation we want any client to be in because it, it's true. If, if you're, you know, a lot, well, a lot of times construction takes a long time. The design has to be perfect. The execution has to be perfect. And, and, you know, that takes a while, but you need your building fast. So it's, there's a lot of competing, you know, there's a lot of things pulling our attention in different directions, but eye on handover. Right. Yeah. And I guess with that, from if I'm a facilities manager listening in and I have now this perspective, mm -hmm. what are, and I'm sure you've seen across the board, it being a smooth transition to one that may have been a little bit more rough. Yep. What are some best practices on both sides? And I guess more focused on the facilities uh, from their perspective, what can they do to ensure a seamless transition going from a company like Turner to the actual facilities management team? 
Yeah, that's a fantastic question. So I have been a part of transitions that were flawless and transitions that were a little bit more just like difficult. Um, and the lessons I've, I've learned from that are if you are a facilities manager or part of the facilities management team, ask to be a part of the transition, the handover from construction to operations. Um, and we, Turner would love that and loves that whenever that happens. And, and what we're going to do if you're brought to the table early, and, and we should do that too, right? We should ask for you to be at the table. Um, so there's some shared responsibility there. But what we're going to say is, what does success mean to you? What does a successful turnover feel like for you? What are your key conditions of satisfaction? And we can hit any bullseye, but we have to be able to see the target. And mm -hmm. I... I just feel so strongly that the earlier all these end users are involved, the better we'll be. Like we can do anything, right? We just have to know what matters to you. We can do anything, but we can't do everything. And so I've, you know, a little anecdote from my past was responsible for the turnover of a very large data center to a facilities team. And some of the facilities team had been involved from the beginning. Love that. Some of the facilities team was hired right as we were turning the building over or was transitioning from a different site. Um, and I just remember one of the gentlemen I got to work with walking into our building and saying every single penetration of electrical conduit through these fire rated walls is not what I want it to be. It's not what it should be. And, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, that's an how difficult is this going to be to fix? What have I messed up? What have we messed up? Um, and in reality, it's just miscommunication, right? Different spe yep. specifications for different buildings, um, unmet expectations, right? And, you know, this this guy was probably 100% right for a different set of specs in a different building, and his perspective was valuable. But there was that rocky transition where we had to sit down and say, look, that's not what we designed. This is what we designed because we were uh, managing a design build. This is what we designed. Um this is what we put in place. You know, the build matches the specs. It's a little bit late to discover that you wish the specs were different. And that's a difficult conversation to have, but what we can do to make it better is getting those people involved early um, and just asking the question, right? So it, it sounds like a cop-out answer. Just get people involved early, but it's the truth, right? I mean, it's a simple- Easier said than done. Yeah, and, it, and it's, yeah, it's a simple concept and difficult execution because like I mentioned, Building is complicated. Owners have a lot of things pulling, you know, their attention in a million different ways. And sometimes getting the electrical facilities management partner that's going to be running their building in a GC meeting is low priority, right? And mm -hmm. I, can, I can absolutely understand that. So it's on us to ask. Yep. And I think that, it, again, from the perspective on the facility side, you could also take this and think of it your own projects that you're managing day in and day out because just because we've talked to you know ground up build so far you also do new construction that's something where i would imagine correct if i'm wrong here but if it's a renovation for example you already have a facilities manager in place so that excuse of oh it's a new build there's no one that's here that's managing it that's that's kind of gone yep. in theory yep. um, so i guess right. talk to me about the differences there yeah, so um, you're 100% right. That is, that cannot be an excuse for anyone when we're in an existing facility. And it, it never, that, that happens very infrequently. Um, typically, if you're a facilities manager or a construction manager for an organization, you are all in on that new construction, right? You're so excited about a renovation or an addition or 
you know, whatever you have ongoing in your space. And I imagine, and in most cases, it seems like the, the top priority there is general contractor, we want you to get in and get out. No incidents, right? You cannot impact any of our ongoing operations and you absolutely cannot put anyone in danger, right? Um, so those are usually the top two priorities. We want to be neither seen nor heard. Um, and that's almost impossible in some cases, but we do our best to work with facilities to make sure we're meeting those expectations. Um, usually those end users are involved from the get-go. And so from that perspective, renovations are easier, right? Like we are working with the people who are going to run the building, Um now you have a whole other set of challenges. We're, we're pursuing work with um, a major institution in downtown Atlanta with a, a very old facility. And they have a new facilities manager and I was talking to him and he was sharing that his first task was um, to scan all the old literal blueprints. Like we don't have this anymore. This is, this is from before our time. Um, literal blueprints into um, you know, save them, save them as a PDF and then file them in a logical way. And so that's crazy to me because it's just not a struggle that I deal with, right? This is, this is kind of a, a look behind the curtain into a facilities manager's life. Um, but we have a good handful of clients who don't even know what's behind their own walls due to no fault of their own, right? Facilities age, facilities are older than some people and team members change, right? So the problems you have um, change from ground up problems, which are, I don't know who's going to be running the building. Maybe those people haven't been hired yet. Um, maybe those people don't know what they want. And, you know, we got to make sure there are access panels for them to what's behind this wall. What the heck could we find? We have no existing drawings. The existing drawings are from 1932 and they're literally pencil drawn. Um, or whatever, right? So, so it's a different, um, it's a different skill set. It's a different set of problems and a different set of solutions. Yeah, and I, I think the the main themes and the main takeaways here is is communication. You can't over communicate. You can't be too involved in this, and and that's something where, you know, if it's your project and a renovation, or if it is something that you are going to be taking over, it's going to impact your day in and day out from that day on. Mm -hmm. And so you want to make sure that you're laying that the groundwork and that foundation of having a very easy, um, I'll put easy in air quotes here, but easy day in the life moving forward where everything is as expected and as should be because you have your fingerprints all over it from the get go. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. I mean, that is, that's the goal, right? The, the building is exactly like the program and the design match everybody's picture. The operation of the building is flawless, right? Things will go wrong, but by, by flawless, I mean you can access everything you need to. Everything was installed correctly. Um, and, you know, things age, right? So you've got to be able to get in and get out with, you know, new units, new electrical panels, whatever it is, new equipment. Um, and then the end-end user, right, the patient in the hospital bed, um, for lack of a better example, doesn't have to think about construction. There are no leaks. There are no yep. issues. It is... That's not the mission of a hospital. The mission of a hospital is to serve a patient, not to build buildings, not to operate buildings, right? We're enablers of a greater mission. So uh, that's, that's what we're aiming for every time. Well said. Well, Hunter, I, I certainly appreciate you coming on here uh, this morning. It's been a pleasure having you on, and I'll leave you with one question. I ask everybody, uh, but who or what has had the biggest impact on you and your career? Oh my goodness. You should have prepped me for this question. This is a little, I never do. <laughs> um, so let me think about that. 
Um, I've had the privilege of working with project executives and master builders. There's probably five to 10 people who I could give a shout out who have been patient, who have explained, you know, the why for everything in construction and who have let me run with that, right? So I really got to give a shout out to all my first, the first superintendent that I worked for, the first project executive I worked for, the general manager I worked for, the business development manager who taught me uh, how to do what I'm doing today. And um, really, I've just been lucky to report to incredible, incredible people. So my managers, shout out to my managers. Um, <laughs> all of the above. All of the above. Um, great question. Yeah. Well, again, I really do appreciate you coming on. This has been very insightful and, and always interesting to hear the other per, other side of it in a different perspective. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Hunter, once again, thank you for coming on and uh, be well. Yeah, thanks, Griffin. I appreciate you. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes and follow us on LinkedIn for more facilities management content.